This is a Federal News Network podcast. President Joe Biden's pick to lead the Office of Federal Procurement Policy elicited some interesting responses from the federal acquisition community. Most longtime acquisition experts asked, who is Bean John Gebri? Gebri is a former appointee under the Obama administration at HUD and leads the Accenture Federal Service Management Consulting Practice. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller asked former OFPP administrators for some insights and advice for Gebri, and he joins me now to discuss. Hey, Jason. Hey, Jared. So, as we said, a little bit of a surprise, kind of an unknown quantity in, in, across a lot of the acquisition community here. What, what do we know about his background and what made him a surprising choice? If you look at his background, a couple of things really stand out to you. He majored in chemistry in his undergraduate. He has a master's in finance and economics from the Northwestern University Kellogg School of Management. Nothing there screams acquisition or procurement. Right. Okay, if you look at his previous work in government, he worked in HUD. He was a political appointee, but nothing around acquisition. He wasn't in the CFO's office. He wasn't in the chief acquisition officer's office. He was working on specific uh, fair housing issues. And then if you look at his private sector experience, he did work for government contractors, including Accenture Federal Services. He did work at other kind of consultancies, including McKinsey. But there's nothing there that says, hey, I'm an acquisition person. If you go back and, and look at others, and, and this includes someone like Dan Gordon, who came in from GAO and spent years as an acquisition attorney for GAO. If you look at Joe Jordan, for instance, he spent at least a year working at SBA, understanding the acquisition process. You look at Angela Stiles, Rob Burton, and, and, and Rung even, they all had previous experience before they took on this OFPP job. So there's a whole lot of who's this guy and why did they name him? Uh, and, and I think that's that's the collective response from a lot of people in the federal acquisition community that I heard. Is there a sense that prior acquisition knowledge is really a requirement for this job? In many ways, there should be, because as you and I have learned over our last 10, 12, 15 years doing this, Jared, the federal acquisition regulation is not easy to understand. It is quite complicated. And the federal acquisition process outside the FAR is not just like you do in the private sector. In fact, we've seen in the past people who don't understand the federal acquisition process get into a lot of trouble. We saw this just recently uh, with the DOD nominee to lead their acquisition effort, not making it past the nomination stage because not necessarily got in trouble, but there was questionable actions and the fight to get him through maybe wasn't worthwhile. You saw this with, with former GSA administrators, someone like Loretta Doan, who got herself in trouble because she was a contractor and maybe didn't take the time to understand the federal acquisition process. And I think there's, there's dozens of other examples of people coming in from the private sector and getting really frustrated. So I think there's a lot of people who think there is a requirement to at least have some experience. Not saying that Gabri doesn't, but it's not obvious to me and you. And one of the comparisons that you make in the notebook, Jason, is to Suzette Kent, who came in as federal CIO with really no federal IT management experience. What other parallels do you see there? If you look at Suzette Kent's bio before she came in to be federal CIO during the Trump administration, right, she worked in the private sector. If you looked at her LinkedIn profile, her biography, you're kind of going, how is she qualified to be federal CIO? But what you couldn't tell from her biography, from her, if you will, experience on paper, and, and this goes back to my sports writing days, Jared, on you know, you, we always wrote the lead on paper, this team should beat this team 59 to nothing in football, right? But then, but that's why you play it on the field. And, and when Suzette Kent got on the field, so to speak, she had a really great understanding of people. 
She under, she had a great understanding of how to get people, the federal CIOs and the agencies to work together toward a common set of goals. And I think Gebri, I think is gonna bring a very similar experience because he was a consultant, because he did work in HUD and understand you know, the housing world. So I think there's a lot of comparisons there that I, I'm, I'm excited to see how it com comes out. And when I brought this up to others in the federal acquisition community, it did get them to think a little more versus that initial reaction of, again, who's this guy? And, 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 and remember, at OFPP, the staff is really key here. The leadership is, is a pulpit. They, they, you can talk about what's important to the federal acquisition community. And as you talk to some of these formers, what was some of the advice that, uh, that they have for Gebri? Well, I spoke with five former OFPP administrators, Michael Wooten, who was under the Trump administration, all the way back to Angela Stiles, who worked under the, the uh, George W. Bush administration, OFPP, and everyone in between. And, and a couple of the uh, pieces of advice that they offered was very interesting. Number one, Rob Burton mentioned you know, Gebri should read the OFPP Act before you do anything else. That's the law that established OFPP back in 1974 and really lays out the authorities that you have. I heard from Angela Stiles, again, the OFPP administrator under George W. Bush, and she said you have to both prioritize administration initiatives, but also the needs of the government workforce and industry. And she said in her first month or two, it's just soak in those issues and really you'll see the priorities really come into focus. And then, and then finally, the, the other person I spoke with, uh, Joe Jordan, said he got some really great advice. And one of those things was to take a big, deep breath and understand that everything's happening around you and always be honest. Can you answer the question if you can't be honest about it, whether you're talking to the Chief Acquisition Officers Council or Congress? I don't know, but let me help you figure that out. All right, so that's all some advice on how generally to approach the, the position. But what about specific priorities for OFPP? Not surprisingly, the five I the five folks I talked to were not really keen on giving me a lot of, hey, he should do this or he should do that. <laughs> Rob Burton did offer some some insight. Now, Rob is a lawyer at Crown Morian, so he's dealing with the challenges of procurement every single day. And one of the things he said is, uh, Gebri should issue a policy memorandum right away that shows strong support for better communications between agency acquisition personnel and contractors. We saw this under the Obama administration with the Mythbusters campaign. Um, Rob did not bring this up directly, but, but I think that's what he's getting to is reiterate the need for better, more communication. Michael Wooten, the former OFPP administrator under the Trump administration, talked about, and he goes, listen, my fault on the, the PALT memo, the procurement uh, acquisition lead time memo he wrote, he goes, we should fix that and get the right definition of PALT. So I appreciate him saying kind of meek hulpa on that, that maybe the, his definition that he put together wasn't uh, as, as, ex, as, as great as it could have been. And then finally, Angela Stiles, uh, again, going back to the former OFPP administrator under George Bush administration, she says the best thing he can do to, to, is to establish credibility. Uh, go through, make speeches, go to meetings, get, let people know you and let them understand the commitment you're making to this job. And I thought that was a very interesting piece of advice for both him as, a, as, as someone who is new to the job, but also for any federal uh, executive who's coming in, whether you're in acquisition or not. All right. And our listeners can read some of this advice in more detail at federalnewsnetwork.com in the reporter's notebook. Jason Miller joins us. Thanks as always, Jason. My pleasure, Jared. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. 
During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from sea to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career, but really it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? You have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And, and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy and um, his, his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From C to C-Suite. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes, when I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories. Uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they gonna say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons and in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect, thank you. Yeah, we, WEPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And, and I can tell you from the US Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler. And to everyone listening, 
to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.